0: Maybe they found it here, Sunderland. Chance here for Lyndon Gooch!
1: Hello, and welcome back to the What The Fork Sunderland Preview Podcast. Sunland have already secured one trophy, and whether they stand a solid chance at securing another one come season end will probably have an awful lot to do with this weekend's game against Lincoln City. A 2-0 win over Accrington moved us into third above Lincoln this weekend's opponents, and with both sides going for automatic promotion, Saturday's game at the Stadium Light is probably the first real promotion six-pointer of the season. And to discuss Saturday's game is digital sports editor for the Times and the Sunday Times and, of course, massive
0: Lincoln City fan, Tom Clark. How are you doing, Tom? Are you all right? Not too bad, Greg. Thank you very much for having me. Nice to be here. Um, I'm I'm guessing you're probably in a slightly better mood than I am after the midweek results.
1: (laughs) Yeah, probably. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Not doing too bad considering we're just speaking in the aftermath of another Sunderland win, but... um, I think first things first, obviously, everyone at someone's incredibly happy, as you've touched on yourself, probably not the other way around. I think um, it's a massive game on Saturday for both teams, but you've, you're have you going to arrive at the stadium in really rocky form. Rochdale and Gillingham, two home defeats. There's defeats to Plymouth, draws against Ipswich, Swindon. It's not been great considering how, how good you have been up to that point, but what's gone wrong recently?
0: I think injuries is the first thing that we have to light on and um, I found it difficult to watch the last two games in particular because there were those games that all football fans hate when you feel like you're watching a game and you know how the opposition are going to play particularly with Gillingham any any team that's played against Steve Evans Gillingham this season you know what you're going to get yeah. you're going to get a battle you're going to get screaming from the sidelines you're going to get trying to buy free kicks conning the referee and you're going to get balls into the box for John O'Kindy and vadane Oliver and it was one of those games where, as a fan, we all have it. You're watching going, come on, surely you know what's coming. You know what's <laughs> happening. And yet we still allowed it to happen. So there's a bit of naivety going on. But as I say, injuries, um, George Grant, our player of the season, You know, he had that in the bag basically by Christmas. Um, he got injured in the defeat against Plymouth. And there was <laughs> there was the feeling in that game, we lost 4-3 in the last minute, and that was... Obviously a bad result, but the feeling of him being injured was such a massive, massive point for us. Um, Liam Bridgut, our captain, has also been missing for quite a lot of games. And we've got such a young side um, that I think when you lose a cup, just one or two players, it can have a massive, massive detrimental effect. Um, and I'm interested as well, watching Sunderland of late. One of the things that Johnson's been able to do is bring in some of the more experienced players, bring them back into the fold. Um, and I think when I, when I watched... Um, you beat us in the trophy semi-final. That was the most apparent thing between the two teams. I didn't think it was a great game. Um, but, and it obviously came down to penalties, but ultimately I think it was, it was experience that told both in the penalty shootout and during the game. So I think injuries to some key players is, re- is really biting in the in these moments when you need a bit of game management against teams like Gillingham and against teams like Rochdale that are going to scrap. Um, so missing, missing those players... Has has led to a bit of naivety, and um, and we're paying the price at the minute because the other thing I fear, and this can be slightly fearful for Saturday, is that I think teams have worked out how to beat us, how mm-hmm. to get at um, which can be a bit of a concern. So it, it is, as you say, it's a huge game for both teams. But um, Sunderland, the massive favourites, Graham. You've got to say huge favourites now going I don't into know. Saturday's game don't know whether Sunderland are ever
1: favourites in anything but I suppose from if you were a betting man yes I suppose but then I suppose I'm on a recorded podcast so I better not say that just in case that one comes back to bite me in the arse but um, I'm sure I looked at this and I mean I've never been good at maths to be honest but I'm pretty certain the average age of your squad with everyone fit is only about 23-24 give or take Mm. Um, and you touched on it there one of your more experienced players Liam Bridkert has been out for well, he's been injured pretty much all season sporadically, hasn't he?
0: Mm, yeah, he has. He, it's, it's funny because I had not reservations about him in the team, but when you've got such a young team and so full of pace, someone like him, and he plays in this defensive midfield role, he can often slow the game down a little bit. And to a fan, sometimes you're going, come on, attack. Why are you, why are you stopping? Why are you slowing us down? But that's that's why he's a professional footballer, and I'm not. <laughs> but it's that kind of game management that sometimes you do need in that we're now seeing that we're, we've we been lacking of late. Um, the other thing to say is that J- Joe Walsh, one of our centre-backs um, who joined us from MK Dons in the summer, he's also been injured and he's been a, a huge loss. He's one of those classic unsung heroes, one of those players that you don't realise how important he is until he's not there. Um, just does the simple things very, very well. He's a left, left-sided centre-back, which in... The modern game, when you're trying to play out from the back like Lincoln do, you want that left foot, right foot combination in the centre of your defence. He's been a big, big miss for us as well. And as you say, average age, we often have, you know, the captain of our team will be either Tom Hopper, one of our strikers, Adam Jackson, Walsh or George Grant. If Brickup's not playing, it's one of those four and they're all mid-20s. And so that's what you're looking at in terms of they're your most experienced players. You know, T- Tom Hopper is our striker. Former Leicester Academy, been around about at um, South End and things before joining us, and you, and that really makes you realise when he's leading us out. And this is no detriment to Tom Hopper, but in terms of his experience within the game, you know, in League One, it's a tough league. You come up against some proper competitors and some players that have really been round the block. And when you think that he's the he's the uh, leading light and he's the captain, he's the experience point, you realise what a young squad it is.
1: Yeah, and um, there's a lot of good young players coming through. But what you sometimes get with younger players is inconsistencies because of learning the game, basically. And um, I mean, I, last time I, we played Lincoln, obviously, it was great for us. But the the preview show beforehand was with the uh, Lincoln chairman, Clive Nates, um, yeah. and he he basically said, like, look, I think um, we're a bit ahead of schedule here. Like, we didn't really plan on. Being top two, but it is what it is, and and he really sort of spoke it, talked it down, um, mm. the hopes of automatic promotion. But whilst many didn't really expect it, you, you you're still up and around there, and obviously you've dropped to fourth, I think it is after our win and, and your defeat yesterday. Um, but the form throughout the season still gives you a really strong chance of some sort of promotion, be it automatic or or playoffs. So. If you missed out on promotion, would it be seen as a failure within the fan base, or do you still think
0: it's a it's a damn good season even if you just miss out? Oh, that's a tough question. I think there would probably be some fans who would see it as a failure just because of the opportunity that I think was there. It's funny, I was yeah. listening to you, the show with. Um, Clive, today before coming on to try and make sure that I offered as much, (laughs) close to as much insight as the club chairman can possibly give. You've got to have Um, a
1: nice South African accent to go with it, mine. (laughs) So it's that's a tough one to compete
0: with, to be honest. Exactly, from South Africa to Salford, it won't quite be the same. um, (laughs) No, it was interesting hearing him, and obviously, a lot of the narrative around us at the start of the season was that we're ahead of schedule. Michael Appleton said it as well we're ahead of schedule this is a year, you know, we're a year at least a year ahead. He's just signed a new contract. So this, there is a feeling amongst perhaps some of the more realistic fans like myself and my dad who remember the days scrapping away in in league two and you know, the Keith Alexander era of getting to the playoffs and just missing out. You know, that was my teenage era of when I that was success. You know, getting to the playoffs year after yeah. year and ultimately failing. That was that was about as good as it had ever got until the Cowley brothers came in and brought us up to the position we're in now, and obviously within that smaller narrative of the recent years and all the success, to now be in contention at the top of League One, I think some fans will see it as a failure if we drop down. I think, and I think I must admit, I think if we didn't get the playoffs, I think even a even a pragmatist like myself would say that that is that would be disappointed, because having watched all the teams, you know, we all do it, don't we? Particularly in this season, if you've been uh, brave in I follow <laughs> this season, and been much else to do, we've all we've all watched a lot of football actually, and we've seen a lot of teams. Yeah, and I find myself thinking that whilst we're in poor form, and obviously playing yourselves on Saturday, that's going to be a real tough tough test. But I think we're good enough, and I think we deserve at least the playoff spot. So I, I would say that if if we make the playoffs and then ultimately don't go up, I wouldn't say that's failure. But if we were to continue to drop, as we are looking like we might do, out of the playoff picture, I think from the position we've been in, with the squad that we've got, with some of the very talented young players that we've been able to get in as well, I think that would be that would be disappointing, certainly. Yeah, it's
1: a funny one, isn't it? Because if you say had a standard season and finished seventh, it would probably be seen as that really good season. However, because you've been like top and second for almost the entirety of the season, if things drop now where you went seventh. But I suppose there's an interesting uh, sort of subplot here as well with with Lincoln coming out of form a little bit, which is famous last words before you beat us on Saturday, of course. Um, Portsmouth currently in seventh, just
0: employing the, the Cowleys. Does that concern you a little bit? Well, it's funny, isn't it? We would i was—I was looking at this the other day, and I think someone mentioned it on Twitter. How often is it that you go on and um, talk about football these days and say, "I saw something on Twitter," but people were thinking <laughs> about managerial changes through the season. Um, and obviously, Sunderland have changed manager. Portsmouth are about to change manager. Um, Doncaster, not through any fault of their own, ended up changing manager. So, this I'll team's change that one. Ipswich are changing manager. So. You do, it does make you think as a club that, and don't get me wrong, I'm absolutely delighted. And I hope Michael Apton stays for a very, very long time. But it's funny, isn't it? As you say, and I think you're alluding to it there about momentum. We obviously had that early season momentum, carried us to the top of the league with a lot of that kind of youthful exuberance and teams not thinking, not expecting maybe Lincoln to blow them away with pace and counter attacking and playing it out from the back. And I think we had that for quite a while. particularly uh, away from home. We had a great record away from home with teams perhaps not expecting us to play the way that we did. And maybe that injuries and things are just catching up with us a little bit. And so some of these other teams are getting momentum at different periods. You guys are on an unbelievable run. Um, You wonder whether Ipswich might put together a little run. And as you say, maybe Portsmouth, if the the Cowleys are confirmed as the new, new, new managers, there's been talk that i've seen about Portsmouth fans being worried about the style of play and things like that but the the Cowley's guarantee hard work and i think they get success at Portsmouth um and also i think i would say in their defence that the uh, kind of negative football tag that they have it frustrated me a little bit as a Lincoln manager when um you'd have that moment that we all get as fans in the football league where you get your shot on Sky Sports once every six months or whatever and the you know the pundits who've seen you a couple of times could trot on and go, well, this is how Lincoln play at all. What are you on about? And they're like, well, the Cowleys, they like to put it forward. And yeah, they did. They did. And sometimes, as I said, this season with our game management, I've often found myself thinking, bloody hell, I'd love the Cowleys to be in there just to kill 10 minutes because they were excellent at that. The game management was fantastic. But they did also Try and play, and as watching them at Huddersfield after they left us um, in a professional capacity, of course, with work, I noticed that they had tried to, you know, evolve the style a little bit. So I think they, the, I think they'll bring success is the bottom line, and I, I think I, I, you're right to suggest that perhaps a change in manager might bring a new momentum to Portsmouth and only adds another another challenger for that top six spot. But I mean. You know, I mean, I'd i be interested to, have you found that with Sunderland, you know, do you, does it feel like unstoppable momentum or or is it changes that the manager has made that are evident on the pitch?
1: I think the big one for me, it was a
0: funny one because we had a, a sticky patch,
1: which people listening will remember, and we beat Lincoln 4-0, brilliant, fantastic, yeah. out of nowhere after getting beat off Wigan at home the week beforehand. Um And then we had a COVID situation, which just knocked our players out basically for like three or four weeks over Christmas. And then we came back and it was like win one, lose one, draw one, win one, lose one, draw one. And then we beat Doncaster. And then we're now just the best team that ever existed for some reason. Um, But I think I'd be remiss to say that bringing Aidan McGee back into the side who in, and I've been getting a lot of heat for this on Twitter this week, but I think he is the best player that league one has ever seen. Um, but
0: he's. I, 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 th- I think you're right. I actually saw you discussing that earlier. And well, it's it's a funny thing, isn't it? We discuss it at work quite a lot, and there's there's no such thing as um just a nice, honest opinion in football these days. Is there? No. you can't just you can't just present a nice opinion, and you someone can go, hmm, interesting, but I don't agree <laughs> with you. You're either an idiot or you're spot on. That's it. There's the only two options in football these days. But I would say, if I had to pick one of those two extreme camps, I'd say that you're right. When I've seen. McGeady play you can just tell by everything I remember in the league in leagues below as a kid and going with my dad and you'd get the odd player that would come towards the end of their career having you know dripped down the leagues and my dad would always say just watch his touch just watch his first touch and I mean when you see McGeady on the ball controlling the ball he's just the diff. he's on a different level to everyone else and I found that interesting watching us play against you we've obviously got players like Morgan Rogers on loan from Manchester City Brennan Johnson on loan from Nottingham Forest both incredibly highly rated but watching them and then watching McGeady McGeady knows exactly what he's doing with the ball every single time and they sometimes they do sometimes it's instinct sometimes it can be absolutely brilliant but sometimes it can lead to a step over and then fall over or hit the corner flag or whatever yeah and obviously that can happen with McGee as well, but he knows you can tell he knows he's got it all mapped out in his head. There's
1: um, just something about him um, being back on his side that's been it's really really helped us um there's a lot of other good stuff that you know I could touch on as well, I suppose, but it's felt like um it's felt like probably the ownership change has been quite a big thing as well, which I suppose is why mm. I was going to ask regarding the fan base and how how Lincoln's fan base are feeling, but I feel like from what I've seen on, on on Twitter, just to go by what you were saying before, it seems like yeah. Lincoln fans are concerned over what's happened. They are worried over what's happened, but they seem to have a lot of faith in Appleton and a lot of faith in Craig Nates as it is. So you feel like even if maybe, you know, the end of the season is a bit of a damp squib and you maybe have to end up going to the playoffs, which no one likes being in, you're in good hands. Is that a good way to assess the Lincoln fan base?
0: Absolutely. I mean, as I say, the the... As football fans, we always get carried away, don't we, and lost in the moment at times. Particularly when you're in the Football League, you have to place your current situation and current status within the context of your recent past or in your time as a supporter. And in my time as a supporter, this is the best position we've been in in terms of the ownership status within the Football League. But also, we've got this exciting thing now, which, and this perhaps leans more to my. Position as a journalist, a lot of the time within work, we're looking at football clubs that have got a plan, not just on the pitch, but, but you can tell there's an overall cohesive plan. And that's interesting, you talking about a change in ownership as well at the same time as a managerial change has happened. That's so important. And you, people talk about it and pontificate on match of the day about it at Premier League level. It's important all the way through the football league. If you have a club with a cohesive vision from the boardroom to the dugout, onto the pitch, everyone's in tune, that can make a huge difference. And it means that when the tough times come, when you have a dip in form, or maybe you don't quite achieve what you set out to or you were hoping to, there's no big panic. There's no big dramatic change. Maybe you have to move some players on. Maybe some players you know, get offers from that are better than you can do and you can do. That's a reality of the position we're in. But it's fine. Every, and that's, as you say, there's, there's very much a trust in what's happening. And why wouldn't there be? I mean, there's only been, been overall success, I think, to have had the success we did under the Cowleys, to then lose them, and to then bring in a manager like Appleton, who in a year has completely changed the the squad, the dynamic of the squad, the way we play, and made it broadly successful and done that with the backing and with the work of the board. That's it, it's such a such a lovely thing to see as a fan when you see all these stories, you know. You guys have had difficulties, so many other clubs have had friction, takeovers failing, you know, it's, it's throughout throughout the football we see it all the time, don't we? So we're very lucky with what we've got and it's definitely a trust there, definitely.
1: Absolutely. And I think Brentford are probably the, the poster boys of having a vision and knowing what you're doing and recovering from whoever you lose. Like they lose a big player or two big players every year, yet they're still there they're about going for the championship yeah. uh, the the promotion to the premiership. And I'm sure they'll get there at one point and they'll probably get there with a lot of money in the bank from sales of players. Um mm. it can sometimes feel boring if your club is like you make players good and then you sell them on, but unless you're pretty much top four unfortunately it's kind of the the way of the beast at the moment like yeah Jordan Henderson for us yeah great to be able to make him same with Jordan Pickford but sometimes they, they have to go elsewhere and I think yeah. the idea of having a plan and the idea of having like obviously with Kirill at Sunderland that that seems to be in place with Lee Johnson being a big part of it and the fact that the form and the mood around the club has changed is probably not a huge surprise. Um, again, mm-hmm. as I say before, we inevitably get beat on Saturday um, and this gets played back to me. Um, talking about Michael Appleton and him being on the TV on Sunday for our Wembley game, found that quite odd. Um, how was it for a Lincoln fan? I found it weird that obviously we beat you in the semi, we had you the week later and they had him on as the pundit. It just seemed like a really odd choice. Is that just me?
0: Um, it's interesting. I don't find it odd, but that's perhaps because working in the media, I kind of see Mm -hmm. the other side of it, which a lot, you know, these days part of being a manager is your presentation to the outside world. You know, back, back in the day, 20 years ago, managers would chat to journalists, you know, over, over, over a drink maybe, and it would be far more informal, (laughs) but the way you present yourself, uh, to the footballing world is a massive part of your status within the game and for example the, the Cowleys, uh, Danny Cowley in particular is very very good at that he's got a good relationship with the media he's always very open to talking to people and he's very good at being a pundit when he's been out of work in the, in the recent months And he and as a football fan, maybe as a Portsmouth fan you've been watching him and going well, yeah, he's quite interesting. He quite knows what he's talking about. He's made some interesting points. And feeds into the psyche. So, I'm not trying to say that Michael Upson's on there to make sure that if he gets sacked, <laughs> he the job. But but it's part. But it's part of the part of you. You've got to do it. I think as a manager these days. So um, yeah, maybe a bit close close to the uh, action in terms of being sandwiched between two two games against you guys. But I, I wasn't that surprised to see to see him there um, because it's just, it's just part of the game now these days, I think. And and wise managers do it and do, do it well. Yeah, maybe one of the things that stuck out to me
1: was he was um, chatting about how we, I think we had like seven players out injured or something like that. I'll be honest. I was, I was far too well-oiled to pick up a dig. It's exact. Quote. <laughs> um, I've got two weeks off work. So I was all right. Um, and he he said he would love to be able to name a bench of of like seven players, something something along that line. Where basically he was alluding to the fact that maybe we have a little bit of an abundance of riches. But he also touched on I think the week a couple of weeks previous about George Grant. We've already spoke about him. He said um, mm. he he doesn't expect him to play the season. Or he'd be very surprised. I know that's changed recently. Um, mm. But just how big of a blow is losing George Grant? Because it seems that that's kind of, as you touched on before, coincided with his injury. Your form dip is it. one player that important to Lincoln?
0: I didn't think he was until he wasn't there. I, he thought, I thought he was a very talented player. And he's a really interesting player as well, because he was signed by the Cowleys as someone who'd been in Nottingham Forest's academy, one of these kind of classic young players, clearly very talented. Um, I think he'd scored a goal for Forest in an FA Cup game, perhaps against Tottenham, and kind of announced himself. So it was very, very popular and very successful academy. Um, and but then he'd been around lower league football um, in League Two on loan spells and things. And he was signed, and he started off playing as a winger. And he was one of these players that on a wing, on the wing, he was maybe doing things with the ball that you didn't always again slowing the play down and things. And he came in, and then Michael Appleton came in. And towards the end of the season before coronavirus struck and we were struggling, we started to see him playing in a central midfield role. And it was, it was really interesting to watch. He just changed completely as a player. He suddenly, from being that kind of wide man who wants to cut in from the left wing onto his right foot and being a bit frustrating with his delivery, he suddenly was the guy that was dictating everything. And so this season, it then be, went on from being one of a midfield two to being very much almost that kind of quarterback role sometimes, particularly when Liam Bridcutt's not playing, dropping deep, but just dictating the entire play. And if we see it in football all the time these days, if you're going to play the style which we play, which is possession-based, wanting to play out from the back, if and you have players like Brendan Johnson and Morgan Rogers with pace who want to get in those little pockets near the opposition goal, that whole system falls down if you don't have a player in that defensive midfield role who can pick passes, who can, you know, turn, bring in a player. I think the best example, if if your listeners want to see how good George Grant was, this, the highlights from our win against Wigan, which was a really tough game, actually. Wigan have shown an upturn in form. And um, it was one all. And there was a bit ball played out and it was played into George Grant in the middle and it was kind of a little bit what I was alluding to before with Aidan McGeady where he saw something and knew something that was about to happen in his head that no one else knew and he plays this kind of spinning reverse pass which cuts through Wigan and sends Tom Hopper clean through takes a touch and scores and it's just a brilliant team splitting pass and he does that a lot he takes touches in uncomfortable areas which other players can't take and turns out of them and keeps the ball he's just such a vital vital cog in the very middle of the of the Lincoln City Appleton machine so that's why we've we struggled massively without him and um it'd be a big miss for as many games as he's out between now and the end of the season definitely
1: yeah i think there was rumours that he would potentially be back end of the season which if it does end up being playoffs, I suppose they're placing it at your hands. But I, I believe that your playoff run, as you sort of alluded to before, was as bad as ours. Neither
0: of us win playoff games, do we? So I don't think either of us want that. It's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. I mean, you guys have got to be you know, pushing for an up to third now. The, with the momentum you're on, it's got to be have that have that second spot in mind. You can let Hull have it, have the have the title. It does come back to it, doesn't it? You know, momentum at this stage. Alex Ferguson used to say it, didn't he? He wanted his teams to peak. Mm-hmm in the March period, if you guys are on this run now, I know I know even I'm trying to set you up to lose now on the weekend <laughs> it does seem to be going that way and uh, you're the only team I think from a Lincoln point of view as you say, when when you're in a moment where you're dropping points, you often end up looking at the other teams, don't you? You look at the table yeah. and you lose like we did the other night and then you immediately go in the latest table and go right, what everyone else done? What's it looking like now? Right, okay. You're the only team that in the last few weeks I've looked at and thought, they're not going to drop any points. And I thought that tonight, you know, you guys had Accrington. It's tough. That is a tough, tough game. Horrible to
1: ground. Horrible pitch. Horrible team to play against.
0: Don't make, don't make it easy. Really, really get in your face. I mean, they, they're another team who took points off us lately. Conceded a late goal. Um, a 2-2 draw and that was if it it was one of those where as a 2-2 two, two draw you're like okay yeah fair enough it's disappointing to concede a late goal but it was one of those where equally if we'd won it you'd've been going wow that is a massive massive win because they really turned up got in you've got in our face tried to zip it about as well tried to tried to play um I think John Coleman and Akrington sometimes because they make it so difficult for you and can, cause it can be ugly I think they get a little bit of a bad rep in terms of they can pass it around if when they want to Um so that was but again I wasn't surprised to see you guys win against them and that's, like that we're... that probably says a lot I think that football fans are looking at Sunderland now and going I don't I'm not I'm, I think they'll probably win
1: Feels like we're finding ways to win even when it's not that pretty i.e. tonight um, Sunday against Tramia necessarily wasn't a great performance but clean sheet and, and we win but it wasn't always that way obviously the last time we we played lincoln in the league anyway was mm. we we were in great form yeah we had a new manager but we just got beat off wigan who at the time were rock bottom and shown zero mm. form whatsoever with their one shot on target which was the most summoning thing ever um <laughs> but then we went to lincoln and we were three and up at half time and we ended up winning four nil and it was Looking back, we've done it a couple of times since, but at that point, it was just the most bizarre result, and and the way that it came across was just like Lee Johnson had flicked a switch, and that was it. But equally, it was a, a shock for Lincoln because you were you were banging form, but then mm. you came up for the the semi final, the Papa John's game. Um, it wasn't the greatest of games. I think you had the better. I think it was even first half. You had the probably the better of the first twenty minutes of the second half, and I think we maybe once you scored played really well, weirdly, um, after that, and then the penalties is what it is. But why do you think Lincoln, despite having such a good season, have essentially been unable to beat us this
0: season? I think, well, I'd come back to some of the points I raised earlier about experience and game management. Um, I think the the 4-0 was obviously a bit of a freak in some senses, because I think it was one of those strange ones where you you did very well and took your chances early on. Mm -hmm. And I think there were a few moments... I can correct me if I'm wrong, I think there was a kind of tight, tight penalty call that we could have had. We've had a lot of penalties this season. We threw one-on-one on one as well and missed early on. I
1: think it was Brennan Johnson had two chances going clean through and goal where we just, our defence just disappeared and I think you put it
0: wide twice, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So it's one, one of those where I found myself reflecting after the game and talking with my dad and saying, well, wasn't a terrible performance. wasn't awful. Sunderland were very good and deserved to win. Um but I think the thing that worries me about Saturday from a Lincoln point of view is more the trophy semi semifinal um, because it, it, was, it was, again, that, that frustrating thing that I talked about with the Gillingham and Rochdale games whereas where as a fan, you were just desperate for a bit of experience and a bit of game management, maybe buying a few free kicks, killing a bit of time someone pretending they've pulled a hamstring when they haven't, you know, all this <laughs> horrible stuff that you hate as an opposition fan, but they've got, they've got to do it. You've got to do it at this level to kill off momentum. And there was a period of about five minutes before you scored where um, you'll be able to correct me, but I think you came down your right wing several times and put yeah. balls into the box. And Charlie White had two headers. I think one, he headed into the ground and over the bar one, he headed and made our keep and make a save mean, watching it. And you're going, don't let them do that again. Do not let them do that again. This guy is banging form and he's great in the air. Don't let them cross it again. Oh, oh, you've let them cross it again. Brilliant. And now he's scored. Yeah. So it's that kind of thing where a bit of experience, a Liam Bridcut or someone, or as I say, under the Cowleys, there would have been a bit of, right, we need to, oy, you go down, pretend you've pulled a hamstring. We need five minutes here just to kill this off because they're coming, they're coming over and over again. And we kept giving you the ball back um and so that's what i that's that's what worries me about saturday is that we're on a bit of a low ebb at the minute you guys are on a great run but also you get you you've got that winning feeling that way of winning and you've got the experienced players and we just look a little bit lacking in those areas at the minute so yeah i think that's what that's where the 4-0 was a strange game but i think the trophy game told me more about the two teams, I think, in terms of those tight moments. And I think we'll, we'll make it difficult for you. I hope we will. But I just have a slight worry with particularly how we've dealt with aerial balls lately. Um, Lewis Montemer, one of our defenders, has been had, had a superb start to the season, was one of our top scorers at one point. Eight
1: goals or something shown before great, December, wasn't
0: yeah. It? Shown great ability bringing the ball out from the back and then he got hit by COVID and a few injuries and stuff. And since he's come back, he's just looked not quite as sharp. And a few, few opposition strikers have to use that horrible cliche, just got up and around him and he doesn't seem to fancy it. And um so, yeah, going up against Charlie Wyke, I'm not quite sure how he'll, how he'll, how he'll fare, but it, it'll be an interesting one. Cause it's, it's those two, it, as much as it's, potentially a contrast in form as well. It's that contrast between game management and experience that I think is, could be the most telling thing on Saturday. Cause you guys have got both of those things in abundance at the minute, um, as well as the form and we are out of form and hopefully Liam Brickham can play to bring some experience, but without him, we just lack a we're a bit naive at times. And I think a team in form like Sunderland, um, we will know, we'll know how to pick us off.
1: Could it help taking the the pressure off a little bit? Because I imagine because of the form that you've had has put you probably favourites for, like I, I didn't expect you to lose against Watchdale, I didn't expect you to lose against Gillingham, I would have probably put you as favourites and as you sort of touched before, truth be told, we are the favourites. I know that home games and away games don't really count in a COVID world if yeah. we are completely honest such as the the statistics and stuff like that but the fact that you're not favourites coming into the game on Saturday, do you think that could benefit? Could that take a bit of pressure off younger lads because younger players sometimes do feel a bit more pressure, I suppose.
0: Yeah, that's the only the only uh, silver lining of when you've had a poor run like this, and you look at the table and you think, well, there is you know ten or twelve games still left. We can still there's still time for us to flip that run on its head and put a little run together towards the end, and maybe as you say, with young players as well. Co- confidence is key. So if if Michael Apperton can have worked on with them in training this week, maybe made us a bit more solid, a bit more streetwise, If we can stay in the game early on, because we've been terrible at conceding early goals, if we can stay in the game early on, then maybe, maybe we'll we'll start to think, hey, we're not crap. We're not rubbish. We we can do this. And maybe a bit of that pressure might go on to you guys and the pressure will come off for us a little bit. I think you're right. That could that could help. Um, but my butt for that, and you can tell yeah, I'm sure every every answer <laughs> is coming with a that goal goes out the window if we concede an early goal, which we have been doing of late. Um, and I'm sure Lee Johnson's going to have you prepped to attack us in all the ways that if you've watched any, if you watch Rochdale and if you've watched Gillingham, you'll know get in, get in around them and uh, make Charlie White cause problems for our central defenders, get some crosses into the box. And put us under pressure and see and see how we do and you know of late we've not been doing great at that so that would be my butt to your to your point of, which is a valid one about um hopefully the pressure being off a little bit
1: so um so it's a question I always like asking, especially when we're on form. But we've touched on McGeady, we've touched on Charlie White, we've touched on those players that are probably the obvious ones that most opposition teams would worry about. But which players concern you outside of them from Sunland's side? <sighs>
0: it's a tough call. I mean, just I know we I know we've touched on him before, but White is such an interesting one for me, and I'd be I'm interested to know what you think because I saw we I've visited the stadium a lot. Um, because obviously as a Lincoln fan, when you get the chance to play Sunderland away, it's obviously a huge, huge draw. So me and my dad were very excited. We'd travelled up, had a chippy on the coast before the game. <laughs> uh, and uh, you guys were in a not great form at the time. We went and my dad didn't thank you for the climb up the stairs all the way to the top of that stand where the away fans. So I just put that on record for uh, if we if we do ever. Managed to make it back as away fans to the stadium light again. Please, can we sit somewhere else just for my dad? <laughs> but um, we 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 lost that game three one, and I don't know whether you watched it, but it was a strange strange yeah. old game where we basically gave you three, <laughs> at least three two goals. Jason Shackle ducking under a goal kick to let one of your players run straight through for a goal. That's but right. what 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 interested me, and I was, I was speaking to my friend who's a Sunderland fan afterwards, was that. As an opposition fan, you always view these teams and you get one look at them. But I didn't rate Wyke at all. I didn't see it. Oh, didn't, didn't 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 rate him at all. I said to say afterwards, I was like, "Well, they're not a bad team. Got a couple of good players, but what on earth are they doing with that guy up front? He looked slow. Didn't seem to know what he was doing. But then, as I say, watching the trophy game, it was like a different player. It was absolutely unbelievable. Um,
1: Huge difference. And
0: so and so I, that that is the one. It's not, it's not that original, uh, as you say.
1: Um, but he's the one with twenty-seven-ish goals. I mean, it's kind of hard to pick anyone else, really.
0: but it just, yeah, it's, it's not that original, I'm afraid. But it is the one. But as I say, with some of the frailties we've got at the minute that we seem to have with balls into the box and with d- struggling to deal with strikers who have a bit of presence about them, if you like, um, he is the one that worries me with our defence at the minute and the way it is. Um, your fullback, forgive me, your right back. Um could be a few of them at the moment. Or oh, nine, Oh, nine, that's the one. He's he's impressed Jordan, me the few yeah. times I've watched, few times I've watched him. He plays um, everywhere. He plays Well, everywhere. that's what I mean. I've seen him play yeah. in a couple of different positions. He's played in midfield a few times as well, hasn't he? He was signed um, as a number 10 and he's currently playing centre half. <laughs> so. Really? Really, one of these talented modern footballers. He he's yes. one of those that just looks looks like a talented player, looks like he's got a lot of technical ability. Okay. Um okay. so he's he's someone that I was impressed with rather than scared of, I would say. Mm-hmm. But that as I say, the the fear comes a little bit from Wyke at the minute, unfortunately. Not an, not an original answer, I'm afraid, for your listeners. And it's, there'll probably be a lot of people rolling their eyes and going, Oh, here we go again. It's but cool. um
1: Coming again and again, though, with the more the seasons gone on, it's like if someone had said it to me in August, I probably would have questioned it. Nowadays, mm-hmm. I kind of understand it. And, and every Sunderland fan listening to that will completely understand what you're saying about that game against Lincoln. We thought he was slow, ponderous, never going to get you 15 goals a season or 10 goals a season. I think there's many people jokingly said, you know, I'll get a title with Charlie White if he gets 10 goals a season. And yeah. All these He's on 30, and those tweets are being dug up. Um, but, you know, more power to him. I think I was speaking to, and this was a few years ago now, back when fans could go to games and everything. And I ended up bumping into former Sunderland player, Sheffield United, Matt, Matt Kilgallen. Um, mm. And it was, at a, it was at a Rangers game of all games in Glasgow. And I asked him, What are you doing here? And he says, Oh, you know, I know a few of the boys playing and vice versa. And, and as did I. And he said, oh, how's things at something? Because I, I think I'd interviewed him a few months previous. And he said, yeah, not too bad. He said, what do you think of Charlie White? And I said, oh, he's terrible. He's awful. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. horrendous. He's one of my best mates. I played with him at Bradford." He went, but it's confidence. He said, put confidence in him. Different player. And I thought, yeah, yeah sure, mate. But he scored a couple of goals the beginning of the season. Lee Johnson's come in and, hey, if it's confidence, that's got him firing. And Then, obviously, there's a player in there with a, a bit of confidence. So, I can't, I can't knock anyone for saying Charlie White this season, which yeah. is something i didn't expect this time last year but then again do you think
0: do you think he can play higher because obviously you know let's 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 talk in the the negative here if 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 whether you go up or not with the goals if you don't go up he's going to be the subject of rumors and links mm-hmm. to all the other clubs as you say you don't score that many goals in league 1 without getting some att- attention
1: you must have something about him um, that i think could do it i think on this season yeah um Obviously not as many, but he's he's different to maybe Ivan Tony, who yeah um, has all that athletic quality. He's very much kind of a big, strong League One striker. But he he started at Middlesbrough, and um, he's been linked again to Middlesbrough's contacts at the end of the season. I'm pretty confident he'll sign. If I'm completely honest, I can't see why he's mm. going to leave now when he's he's kind of got himself back on track. Um good question. It's a good question. Once we get just it's
0: interesting, isn't it? Because we've talked about League One as this such a difficult league and I think that for a lot of the players as well you know with some of our players as well I talked about George Grant earlier I'd love to see whether with us or with someone else whether he could do it in the championship and it is such an interesting league as you say you talked about it then being a good striker in league one that that leap up to then prove yourself in the championship people talk about the leap from championship to premier league a lot, but. I think that is as difficult. And yeah, it'd be really interesting to see whether you guys, whether he's into the championship with you guys or with someone else, whether whether he'll be able to do it. Because as a striker as well, it's so difficult, isn't it? It's all yeah. down to ser- serve, it. particularly for him. As I say, I alluded to it before when I was watching us in the trophy game. If he's not getting the service, then he's not going to score goals. And then all of a sudden, people are judging him you know, slightly harshly, aren't they? It's weird because
1: Tranmere handled him quite well. Really? Um, of all the teams, and yet there's a lot of teams in League One over the past few weeks just haven't.
0: How did they How did they do it? I'll text Michael Apton before Saturday. <laughs> I
1: think I think they were just rough with him. So I think if yeah. Lewis Montsma doesn't enjoy a, a battle, I think we've got that one tied down, thankfully. Yeah, well, him. I
0: worry. Maybe, hopefully, Lewis Montsmer's been watching maybe some war films or The Incredible Hulk before <laughs> the match, just to kind of really gee himself up. Eating his spinach. Yeah. Um, And finally, as always, question I've always
1: done on these shows and I've never got one prediction right yet. Um, But what's your prediction for
0: for Saturday? It's very difficult making predictions for Lincoln City because raised by going to games with my dad, who's one of the most pessimistic football fans you will ever meet. Like my dad then? Yeah, I mean, like all dads, I think of a generation. Experience, Um, I believe, is what they say. That's what they say. You, you
1: think it's good now, son, but give it time. You <laughs> know, I remember when blah blah blah. Yep, yep. I I know
0: what kind of dad it is. Yeah, exactly. So, with that in mind, and the form that we're in at the minute, I can't see anything other than a Sunderland win. But I do some something about it. Hopefully, a reaction to our current form, maybe uh, s- something, and the faith in Michael Appleton suggests it'll be a tighter game. I can't I can't see us making some of the mistakes that we've made. And as you say, as you hinted at, maybe the pressure will be off us slightly. Um, a chance for the likes of Brennan Johnson, Morgan Rogers, you know, these young academy guys to play on a nice big pitch, stadium alike, show what they can do. I think it'll be tight, but I'm going I'm to go 2-1, 2-1 Sunderland. Potentially with you guys taking the lead and maybe us coming back and making it a bit tight, but that I'm going to go 2-1 Sunderland.
1: I was thinking 1-1 before we won tonight, but... I'm just confident, um, so I'll stick with, I'll, I'll go with 2-1, but I've never got one prediction right this season, so it's not going to be 2-1, but I'm going to say 2-1, just in <laughs> my form it just won't be, but but um, Tom, thanks so much for joining
0: me mate, good crack, um, hope no you enjoyed yourself as well. Absolutely, very much did, and uh, good luck to you and all the all your listeners for the rest of the season, I think, um, as I say, I've from a from a journalistic point of view, I hope you guys do well and you guys have had some difficult times, so. Speaking, speaking professionally and not as a, as a rival fan, uh, I wish you all the best for the rest of the season.
1: Thank you very much. And hopefully it, comes, uh, it does come true that we do get out of this damn league this year. Um, but, <laughs> Tom, thanks very much, mate. Appreciate it.